I'm nice right now, man. I, I feel good. If you have a drink, would you please put it in the air? Yo, yo, yo. Uh, what's going on, everybody? This is the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast. Look, can we bring back Bakergate? This is an old title. Did, Are we look, it is volume two. This is the <laughs> wrap it up show, and I picked my favorite overlay of the season. So it's just Bakergate because Baker sucks. And I brought back my favorite intro, which was from uh, Drew uh, DFB Encounter coming on. Uh, on the show is my favorite intro that we did this year. So uh, that that's why they're there. A little, let the little, uh, little thing for us guys. We're here. Uh, we didn't do a show last week because scheduling uh, hashtag 2021, but this is 2022. This is happy new year to everybody. We did, it. we did it. Right. And, and we're starting the new year off with a show before we take a break because that's how it works. Uh, after yeah. today's show, we are going to come back on what, what do we say? Uh, Billy, the 28th, 28th, right. We're going to come back on the 28th and we're going to kick January. off the of January, that's right. No, twenty eighth uh, of, of May. July of, We're of a long June. Break. It's gonna be a while. We're coming back in twenty twenty eight. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we need Nisha a break. Robinson will be retiring from the NFL by our yeah, next show. One hundred percent. Um, we just need to to recharge and get ready. Our last Zeke year we started the Cowboys RB one. Oh yeah, he'll still he'll still be top ten. <laughs> he'll still be under contract. I think. Pretty I'll awesome. still be I'll still be hoping for Hunter Renfro to. <laughs> Continuously oh, be oh good. My god. Oh know. god, Renfro ended me this week, man. I played against the uh, uh, I played against the car Renfro stack, and the first touchdown was tilting. The second almost touchdown, the one that was originally a touchdown, and then they found out that the Colts guy just barely grazed his foot. If that would have counted, I would have lost my shit. You <laughs> like, flew too close to the sun, Icarus. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Um, look, we need the break. Last year we started in the off season and everyone seemed to like um our our rookie build up which is great we're gonna bring the countdowns back we're gonna bring the so videos excited. back for that Woo. we're gonna have another draft show live draft show with more guests uh that was dope what up dave we got bryce back here always appreciate that and we got the hunter ren goat uh from I dave here ren as goat. well two other things to get uh off the board when we come back on the 28th we will officially start the process for how you can win a signed Penn State Saquon Barkley jersey. Ooh. does not matter if you're in the U.S., Canada, the U.K., Australia. We are going to cover the shipping costs for that and all that extra stuff. Um, so exciting. When we come back, we're going to start that. And big announcement today. The uh, I don't know what that is. The <laughs> Full Tilt Dynasty podcast 
is uh, we're starting a charity redraft. Uh, Wait, operation. charity? I thought I was going to win all the money. Yeah, well, I mean, charity <laughs> would be to your uh, uh, college yeah, funds. Exactly. <laughs> It'd be for Jacobs, Jacobs College Fund charity. No, um, look, this is how it's going to work. Quick rundown. There will be 12 redraft leagues branded for the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast where you enter. Half of the entry will go to a charity of the winner's choice for that league, and the other half will go as winnings to that person uh, for the league. The winner of each league of the 12 leagues will be entered for a week 18 draw for a signed full-size helmet uh, that we will reveal later, uh, but that is what it is. So you win some money for your league, you win some money for your charity, and you get entered into a draw to win the big grand old prize. This is our first year that we're going to do it. Been working on it for a couple of weeks, getting some of the details hammered out. There might even be some stuff from Trophy Smack. So a couple huge things for when we come back to kick off our second year, because without the listeners, uh, we wouldn't be here. You guys have been great. So with uh, with all that out of the way, I want to kick off with the first question. Okay, first off, Billy, how do you think Jacob and I can improve our next year's chances to maybe not look so bad on Billy's stack corner? Uh, man, just have less time. That's like... <laughs> I talk about this stuff all the time. A lot of it is me just going on to a website and trying to pull random shit and seeing who I can find like fun stuff on. Uh, I mean, look, y'all losing in that game is a good indication of who you are as a human being. <laughs> Cause that, that means you're not as much of a degenerate as I am when it comes to statistics. Oh, that's funny. Yo, that's so. fair. I like that. <laughs> Uh, I honestly, I honestly think Billy's stat corner is one of the things every week that I know we can uh, depend on every week. It's been great. I get DMs about it, comments about it. It's fantastic. It's, Jacob, sadly, it's kind of like the Harlem Globetrotters versus the Washington Generals. Like people, <laughs> they were tune due. In. People tune in, but like they already cut another result. <laughs> yeah. Hey, when we win, though, lose. it was hype. Yeah, Look, when we win, um, it's fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Obviously, we couldn't uh, of of you know done what we've done without some help. And obviously, with Drew, we had Matt Kelly, right? We've had Dave Kluge, we've had some some awesome dope guests, Cody Carpentier, right? We've had some the coach, coach was up in here. We've had some great guests this season. Jacob, if you could choose, who would be your number one target? To land on the Full Tail Dynasty podcast in the whole coming world? in 2022. In the like, world? that's somewhat accessible. Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I'm going to try. I'm going to email him. Speaking of Jonathan Taylor, I, I, I can't possibly go any longer without shouting out that just this morning, um, Big Billy FF's uh, Christmas gift came in the mail. <laughs> yes. And so took forever to ship. We we now know, yeah, Canada. You know, we, shipping can, can be troubling here. So I will be wearing this as the Colts try to hold up as sixteen point favorites versus the Jacksonville Jaguars to make the playoffs and not not leave us with a Sunday night football tie. I would um, love that. I look, look. I I know Jacob. You want them to go to the playoffs wholeheartedly. I agree. I I get it. But the idea of two teams just being like. <laughs> 
I'm good. Like, <laughs> I mean, that, the, the it interests me so much. We basically watched that game on Monday night with the Steelers yeah. and Browns, yeah. but this would just oh, be the God. intentional version. Like, oh, I, God. I would love to watch that. Like, someone accidentally picks up a five-yard conversion, then the defense gets pissed. Like... <laughs> Oh, I'd be fine. Sorry, I've it. totally derailed the conversation. Tom That's asked okay. me a clear question, yeah. and, and I ended up going on a tangent and, and dragging Billy down with me in the show with it. Uh, so I apologize for that. Um, in terms of like fantasy folks that, that I think would be fun to talk to, I mean, look, I definitely be honestly, probably Matt Harmon would be one that I've always oh, wanted yes. to talk to yes. because I think like there's a lot of folks that I've looked up to forever, especially in the data side of the space. And what he's able to do, I think, is so unique in terms of quantifying film. And, like, I don't know anyone in the space better that bridges film and data together better than Matt, where he's just, like, grinding tape and he's developed a system where he's able to make that into a fairly predictive number over time. Um, and I think that's so cool. I just love to know, like, how he thought of how he's – I mean, I've heard him talk on our podcast, but just, just to have the opportunity to talk with him because I, I really don't know many people in the space that have, like, really tied together – film and data in a predictive way in a way that I think makes sense, like no matter who, who you are across the spectrum. 100%. I think he creates one of the, the best, um, you know, one of the best tools there are. Um, look, we got blurry vision, heartless, always lose. <laughs> I love My favorite that. is, is that's going on know, a t-shirt for the sure. Screen, for but Dave year. said he wants to sign big Billy Jersey. And I want to know if big Billy was a football team, like that had jerseys like I, I don't know first of all would they be called the big bellies or would they be called like the something else like would they be called the lubbock big bellies or, I, like are I you the know. mascot or are you the location and then the other thing is that <laughs> that i want to know is like what what would the design be of the jersey for the big bellies i don't know i always when i used to do like madden create a team i would always yeah. be the raiders like i would always be black and gray <laughs> Okay. Wow. Look, I feel like that's what's got to be. So I'm going to be the Billy Bob. without hats. Nice. Also, nice. I, I tried to comment this on Twitter, but I forgot that Twitter comments don't work. I was going to say, Dave, if you mail me a jersey, I'll write you a poem. Like, I'll, I'll send oh, he's that out. A poem. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I will so glad. Good. Mail me a jersey. I'll write anything you want. <laughs> Guys, I think that we've had a pretty, pretty kind of crazy season we had some predictions that went well apparently big billy is is the uh master of predicting which plays are, are gonna hit jacob had a couple late season break-ins for the his his players paying off and mine were terrible but uh there was one thing that we learned this year that i think that we can all agree on is that baker mayfield uh is not good um <laughs> i picked him to be the mvp this year in real football not fantasy uh. Uh, because I th I bought into the Browns being good. That was my fault. I should have known better. Hopefully we didn't lose too many listeners. But for me, one of my favorite moments was, you know, Baker Mayfield showing us exactly who he is. And that last year was an outlier. If there was a player, let's say, maybe not say that this is a victory lap, but what was... It's kind of a victory lap. What is your player for 2021 that you are happy happier that it went poorly than it did go well because we talk about this all the time you made a call maybe you faded a player and it actually came true and guess what you're allowed to kind of be okay with that uh, because that's the call you made it's not being a dick it's just how it works in the game uh, so Jacob if there was a player you were happy your call of them being 
not so great came came to fruition, who would that be? Well, I mean, I think we all know. <laughs> we'll, we'll answer this in a minute, Dave. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think there's look. I'm known in in the the Slack chat as the eternal optimist, where I'm constantly uh-huh. trying to paint a rosy picture for for the Rondale Moores of the world, the Brian Edwards's of the world, and Laviska Chenault's of the world. Uh, probably not the Terrace Marshalls of the world. Anyway, <laughs> what a day. Um, but uh, but yeah, there's really there's really one player that that I really stood even even the players that I like fade. I I usually say like really non-aggressive things like they're a good player and he makes people happy, but I personally don't like his asset class. Um, but there's one person that I really, <laughs> really diss to the point where people think that I have a personal issue with him. And it does seem like he's kind of an annoying person. So I'm fine with it. Uh, and I mean, that's obviously Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I mean, somehow he like stumbled his way to the RB six and overall points scored, which in my view just goes to my standing on overall points scored is not a very great way to measure impact. <laughs> but uh, he was, I believe I, was, I think he finished around RB 15 in points per game. He was well outside the top 20 in wins over replacement. Uh, and I mean, this is a guy that, that seemingly within two weeks, the bar that he had to clear dropped like a rock. I mean, like early yeah. in the season, right. He was a top five redraft pick. Like he went at the one Oh five. And then within three weeks, people were celebrating his ability to maintain his job, which I think yeah. is a very weird thing to celebrate for a top five <laughs> recap pick. But anyway, um, he was not good in the fantasy championship. If someone got there with Mr. Elliott, he put up uh, 3.9 fantasy points, uh, yeah. which is not good. So uh, Zeke equals washed. Uh, Tony Pollard equals the God. Uh, and things are, are beautiful. And especially, uh, I must say, in my article – Specifically on Zeke, I gave actionable advice at the end. I said, if you have Ezekiel Elliott, you should sell him for one of these four running backs with a lower dynasty ADP that is of similar age, being Derrick Henry, who was great, got hurt, Aaron Jones, who is slightly, slightly better in points per game, and most importantly, Austin Eckler and Joe Mixon, who both smashed this year. Yeah, man, I got to give you that one. Billy, who is your player? All right, I'm going to ride a small one, and this is going to piss Thomas off over here but um i just just a real quick one then i'll give my actual answer uh the dj Moore sam darnold stack just for like the happiness of our group chat i'm glad that dropped off because me and thomas wasn't his fault me and thomas it was the coach's fault he had an injured (laughs) shoulder uh You know, wait, you wait, can't predict wait, injuries. Had an shoulder this uh, year, Christian, Christian who McCaffrey. Else in the 2018 quarterback class had an injured shoulder. You know, it's fine. Look, the way the uh, Full Tilt Dynasty podcast works is that yeah. I get to mute people. Oh, fuck. I have logins. control too. He has the logins. That didn't work. Okay, look, I admit right. I was early excited. Okay, deal with it. Anyway, I, I don't need. Can we bring it back? Can we bring back the Chiron, please? Can we bring back hey, the Sam Darnold QB1 season one more time? 100%. 100%. I'll get it right here for Just you. Just the whole time. 100%. Look, I, I'm not going to ride that one because I, I've ridden that one for a couple weeks now. Uh, I will take one that I think is a bit more realistic towards who I valued and who I didn't value, and that's Chase Claypool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deontay Johnson had a very, very, very good season, and Chase Claypool had a pretty, pretty bad season. So – that one felt good. I'm enjoying Deontay yeah, Johnson's season. I I know, man. It feels bad. <laughs> I, I still think Chase Claypool is going to be a really good player. 
Um, yeah. I think he has a lot of talent. I think he's a physical monster. He has every chance in the world to be a next very, very good player, but it's not going to happen with Ben Roethlisberger. And if they don't have like a big arm quarterback next year, which there isn't a lot of those in this draft. So hopefully a uh, free agent, um, I think it's going to be bad for him mo- moving forward, but I'm going to take that win because Deontay was so good and I was getting shade for trading the first for him last year. So I'm going to take that win. Deontay rocks. Uh, I like, I, I was a bit of a skeptic on Deontay coming off last year. He's awesome. Uh, yeah. And, and I, I still think that Chase Claypool, that we were just a year too early. And I think that he's going to be quite good going forward. I mean, a lot of his underlying metrics and stuff still show that he is good. Ben is such a hunk of dust. It's a touch. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. If, if stats Claypool almost look hit, the same, it won't be at Deontay's expense. Deontay is really good. Deontay, I, I know this is his player comp on Player Profiler, but it's such a good comp. So I want to shout it out since I am a Packers fan. But Randall Cobb to Deontay Johnson feels like such a good, like apt comparison. Right. Yeah. Like I, I just Great think that's point. what his future is. Like yeah. that, that's who he is. I don't think he's ever going to be. Devonte Adams, DK Metcalf, some of these players who have the potential to be the best wide receiver in the league, but I think he's top fifteen wide receiver in the league probably. And moving forward, we'll see if that bears itself out. Yeah, I can't even argue with you on that one. Uh, yep. Look, guys, uh, Dave's question is: Do we think Baker's a starter next season? They picked up his option; he will be. He'll start. Yeah. After that, it's a pom pom. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens. I I really. If you're the Browns, I don't see a reason that you extend Baker. Um, if you're the Browns, I would be really worried about your ability to compete as a team uh, in the next couple of years. Like your your offense, if it's not Nick Chubb, is very, very, Monday very night-ish. bad. Jar- Jarvis Landry is the worst wide receiver one in the league on all healthy teams. Oh, that. Oh, on, okay. oh, people okay. Jones, people Jones, man, come on. He's the next. Uh, okay, Donovan People Jones is the worst wide receiver one in but the he league. He wears two ones. Like it's it's by by su- wow that one really got you <laughs> by such a wide margin. Like I can't think of I another player who is currently the intended wide receiver one for their team that is even close to as bad as Jarvis Landry. Yeah, I'm really like, trying to think now. Well, like, he showed he go- showed he wasn't a wide receiver one in. Um, in Miami, why are you? He's never been a wide receiver he, one. He's a great yeah, wide receiver. They try, and now he's like older and worse. Exactly. Yeah. And the problem is, they had another great wide receiver too on their team. Then they traded him or <laughs> released him to go to the Rams. Yeah. So now they just have a a decent wide receiver too. As their Amon Ra is better than Jarvis. I yeah, that's receiver. better. That's better. Come on. Yeah. Uh, like I can't think of a closer like comp in this case. I, I'm going to – y'all keep talking. I'm going to run through. Teams He's going to run it through? Okay, look. Uh, now that the question uh, – Oh, yeah. The, Dave's right. The Jaguars, actually. I don't even know who their intended wide receiver one is, to be honest. True. But. Yeah. Which, Dave nailed I that mean, one. DJ Chark? I, I, I don't care. Landry versus Chark? I think that's that's a fair debate. I think it's a fair debate. That Fine. But, yeah, I fine. like, yeah. you still have a 6'4", 220-pound dude who ran a 4'3", versus Jarvis Landry. Like the, the Jaguars are definitely the closest. I yeah. still think if I was building a football team, I'd take DJ Chark nine times out of 10. 
Yeah, fair. Okay, fair. that's fair. Look, guys, we've had a lot of uh, kind of wild moments on on the program. If you had to pick your favorite one of the year, just off the top Ooh. of your head, because I did not let these guys have the questions beforehand. No, we did not. Um, <laughs> so off the top of your head, what would be your favorite moment of this season oh. on air so far? Billy, or uh, 2021? It wasn't this season. Well, it was the, the preseason. Uh, Jacob's Joker laugh on the draft show when Kadarius oh Tony went as a first round pick. God, that's <laughs> that, good. that one doesn't get touched. Man, yeah, that is there a better really player good. that like represents the like constant rises and falls of Dynasty Twitter than Kadarius Tony this year? Because honestly, I, yeah. I, I don't I still don't even know what to think about him because he didn't play enough games, right? But like here he was, like I mean, coming into the draft, I don't even think it was that much of a surprise that he went first round. Uh, in fact, shout out to me. I mocked him at the exact <laughs> pick that he went. Um, shout but, out to me. Um, <laughs> but just the fact, like, how his season went, right? In all, like, first, like, Dynasty Community is pretty skeptical of Tone Tone. And then he comes out in August. I mean, what a disaster of a preseason, right? Like, there was the one game that he, like, might have refused to play in. Apparently, he showed up to, like, without the proper shoes, <laughs> one time and then like then the first few games he didn't even play like at all and then he was posting like passive aggressive instagram messages about it and then all of a sudden he randomly has like up until i think this week of jamar chase i think he had the most yards in a game by any rookie he had like 189 yeah. yards against dallas I think the, this ridiculous. was jamar chase's second 200 yard okay game. so still whatever so he has this game against dallas where he just looks like absolutely ridiculously awesome and then he gets hurt at the end of that game while also punching a dude and getting ejected from that yeah. game. <laughs> and then the next week he re-injures himself and he basically like never really plays a full game again. Um, I'm not sure that anyone's ever had a weirder rookie year than Kadarius Tony. Very uh, I think I'm buying him, but I yeah, have no I, idea. I, I'm kind of in the same boat. There was a funny tweet the other day that I saw that Kadarius Tony has missed six games. And all six of his absences were for a different reason. Yeah. Like there was a toe, an oblique. COVID I didn't know that. His shoulder oh one God. time. Uh, but yes, Kadarius Tony had the third most between behind the two uh, Jamar Chase games. Yeah, if they actually cut Shepard to save the ten mil, then I'm buying Tony. If well, they got to cut him. I mean, I don't yeah, Ster- Sterling Shepard should be gone. Right. No matter um, how jacked he was in that one Giants picture. I know, Jacob. What would your favorite moment be on air? Oh uh, man, I think definitely the draft show where, uh, I mean, a the start when I was just nailing these mock draft picks is a lot of fun. But <laughs> honestly, the the biggest one. I'm was- so good. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I got a lot wrong this year, but my mock draft was fire. <laughs> anyway, um, no, I think the, the top one for sure was when we were able to have Maddie on for Jacksonville's pick, and we had gone back and forth about whether Jacksonville was going to oh. draft a running back for like months. And I mean, like, ever, I mean, I was like so drunk at that point, so I, I don't yeah, stand we by were, any of the we statements um, made on like hour four of a drunken podcast. Stream. <laughs> but that was so much fun to watch me like manifest the travis Etienne pick out of thin air um i mean just a ridiculously dumb pick by jacksonville but and how it happened right as we were bringing him in oh it's perfect we brought him in and the hands were on the head right like he couldn't <laughs> believe it uh yeah that absolutely was so much fun. incredible um you know that's an interesting one that's another one right like talk about ups and downs man i mean 
James Robinson finished last year. He was valued as like a borderline RB1. You know, I mean, our first our first podcast, I was pumping up James Robinson. And then all off seasons, like, okay, you got to sell James Robinson. Jacksonville's going to do something dumb. Then they did. Then Etienne goes out for the season. And James Robinson has a really nice season. And then now he tears his Achilles. Well, I mean, what, what would you guys do right now with, with these Jacksonville running backs? Are we buying both? Are we buying neither? Or is there one that you're buying? I just bought ETN like two hours ago. Oh, I saw your trade. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm picking up ETN because James Robinson's career is probably done, right? Undrafted, unathletic. Whoa, 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 whoa. Cam Akers is playing on Sunday. Let's yeah, Cam Akers, Akers is, doing is an James athletic Robinson's freak. value a massive favor right now. I know, but I'm not <laughs> – I'm not putting up an undrafted running back who's going to have to fight off a first round pick coming off an injury on a team that on that's should have a, a GM and a coach that didn't have him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm not, I, I like I'm saying it, it could be over. I, we don't know if cam Akers is like a, I'm thinking he's more down to Foreman than cam Akers. If you know what I mean? The, the thing so, I don't like is, Oh, Tom, I'll let you uh, finish off. Right. So for me, I'm definitely picking up ETN now because he's a low value, quote unquote, running back. Some people may still be in the he's going to be screwed because of his foot. And now he has a clear path to being the one on the team again, which is what he should have been this year. So, man, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely picking him up at, at every chance. And all those teams, I felt really dumb for, you know, trading other players for him. Yeah, I feel good about it now for sure. Yeah, my my deal with Robinson is that he he's probably not coming off to compete with ETN. He's probably not getting another contract with the Jaguars. His contract's going to be expired by the time he recovers from the Achilles. So odds are pretty good he's going to go on to a new team. I think you just can't value them both as Jaguars running backs anymore. Hmm. I think ETN has the backfield, uh, unless Carlos Hyde is sticking around or they do something Please weird God in the draft. No. Stop, um, stop the madness. And, and I think there's a good chance that Robinson gets signed to a cheap contract on a team that's looking to compete. And you know what? If Robinson is good, we have a really good running back. If, like Robinson has proven that he should get a chance after oh, this gosh. injury. So I, I I just don't think we view him as Jaguar, both Jaguars running I, backs anymore. I just yeah. he's just not a dynasty asset I want to have at this point. If I can get anything like a second round pick for some reason, yeah. I'm can, taking based it on, like... based on his value. It seems. Oh, uh, I kinda... and uh, real quick, uh, Dave, I traded Nick Chubb and a third for Etn and Mike Evans. Love that. Easy, man. easy Love smash, that, easy smash. For uh, me, I, uh, oh, oh, I was going to carry on with uh, the uh, favorite moments, but if you have a oh, last, sorry, I wanted to quickly get my my Jacks running backs take, but um, yeah, I, I think for me, I think they're both about fine uh at cost right now which is that etn is is going i think in like the mid to late first range and then james robinson is going sort of like an early to mid second range uh a little steep for me on etn but i guess what i oh trade value but uh yeah i think what i mean i i really warmed to james robinson over the course of this year based on the fact that i, I figured okay urban meyer was the one who was behind this etn pick he's gonna get fired and then next year you know the new coaching staff's gonna come in James Robinson's going to be the guy they see first at OTAs because ETN, you know, he didn't play at all this year. I'm not sure what's going to happen with his injury. The history on Liz Frank injuries isn't all that great either. And so I just figured like Robinson will really come in with a head start without a coach who feels the need to prove that they were right to draft this guy. Right. But 
now I think both are kind of in that situation, right? Where you're going to get a new regime come in that didn't draft either of these players, don't know anything to either of these players. But even if James Robinson makes a full recovery, ETN's going to be the guy they see first. He's going to be the guy yeah. that's going to be there at OTAs. He has the opportunity to entrench himself. I mean, my baseline on both these guys now is that if both are actually healthy, that they're both good. But it comes down to sort of who can entrench themselves first. And I do think Cam Akers, when he tore his Achilles, now, of course, he had a much higher value place to start with. But he lost about 65% of his dynasty value on that yeah. initially. And now he's, he's gained a lot of it back. But uh, tra- uh, James Robinson lost about 25%. And I think part of that is just due to the fact that, you know, Akers, when he tore his Achilles, obviously you're losing a full season. James Robinson, maybe, tech- maybe in a really rosy scenario, you aren't losing any games. But a big part of that, I think, is that people have just become way more optimistic about Akers. And I've always been pretty optimistic on Akers on this Achilles, but I don't even know if I was right to be optimistic yet. I mean, it's, it's great that he's coming back. He's going to play. We haven't actually seen him play yet. Like we don't actually know if he's going to look explosive. Right. So I think with James Robinson, it's like a, we're sort of, I think people are really optimistic about this Achilles thing because acres came back quick. We have no idea now if James Robinson is going to be able to come back as fast as acres. And we don't even know if acres is going to come back healthy and, and productive. Um, so I, I think that people are probably, I thought people were too pessimistic on acres before, because I thought that all the old cases were just like really old and not as good players. And I think now people are probably a little bit too optimistic yeah. sort of taking this acre scenario to the bank when a, it's just one person, like he could come back, be awesome. And that doesn't mean James Robinson will. And B he might come back like totally dust. We have no idea. I was going to say he could come back and be bad. So yeah. it's like, it, it is. I can't remember a scenario where we had such a long history of injury where players came back and just were never the same. Yeah. And then a player beats every expectation, yeah. like in terms of timeline, athletic ability, everything. And he came back in five months. Yeah. That's longer and than people take for an ACL. That was yep. longer than Joe or shorter than Joe Mixon's soft tissue injury last year. His like it, foot? It, yeah. it is so ridiculous how fast he came back. I think just right now we can adjust his rankings. Like I agree. I, I don't think you touch his dynasty value right now. Because we don't know. Yeah, I this happily traded a the late. I traded. I happily traded like a one hundred eight for Cam Akers, like a month ago, and I was. Yeah. I'm still very happy about that. Um, look, my favorite moments. I'm going to cut it into two because I'm not. Gonna, we we can't all just have draft show moments. But yeah, one yeah. of mine was the uh, poor chef. He came on the show. I guess it's FF Real <laughs> Estate now. I don't know if it's FF Chef, but he's changed careers. Good for him. Uh, but Chef came on. You know, Giants fan, they did the right thing. They traded back. They did all that. He had just left, and we had Bob and Mike on uh, for what we thought was going to be the Pats pick. They stayed on a little bit later, and sure enough, the Kadarius Tony pick happened. We reached out to Chef, and he came back and was so distraught over the pick. He thought they were finally making good moves in New York, and it got down. So if I had to pick, that was my first one. My second, like my main favorite moment from the show this year did not come from this program. It actually came from the fantasy walkabout where Tom Lee hit me with an Aussie slang that put me out of commission on the show (laughs) for almost five straight minutes. I could not gather my thoughts. It probably pushed more like 10. And it was the first time I ever heard uh, we're not here to fuck spiders. Uh, which means we're not here to mess around. And I was not expecting it. He did not tell me it was coming. It took half a second. 
but my favorite moment of the year was myself and Tom Lee on the fantasy walkabout with his, I'm not here to fuck spiders. I think I, I lost it, man. If you haven't seen the the video, it's, it's, it's so out good. there on the YouTube. Yeah, you got to check it out. I was almost falling out of my chair. I could not breathe. My face was bright red. Tom Lee uh, had to cover it. Dave said he watched it live. And it was legendary. I, I'll never forget that moment. It was one of my favorites. My favorite clip of the Full Tilt Network the entire oh, year. 100%. It's definitely going on the reel, which I am uh, in the midst of making and will put out in the coming weeks. Guys, uh, your look championship season came and it went. And it was miserable a little bit. It was upsetting. It was tilting. It was also exciting. Uh, what was your, I, I just want to ask, what was your biggest heartbreak of the 2021 season? Oh. I am not talking about a championship, a specific moment. Was there a moment in fantasy football that was the most heartbreaking and gut-wrenching for you guys this year? Uh, I'll start with Billy. Uh, this one is just rough. Uh, week three. I came to terms with the fact that A-Rob was going to have a bad season. <laughs> and I was just sitting there, hadn't put up double digits points all year, was stuck with Andy Dalton, still had hope for fields, still had hope for everything. And I just, week three, I gave up on A-Rob. I'm like, this is going to be a bad Didn't season. Didn't give up enough. You week, still made a bet. <laughs> yeah. Week four... Andy Dalton goes down. Justin Fields comes in. Yeah. Looks okay. Does Looks rough, but okay. Week five, Justin Fields starts the beginning of an era. Here comes everything. And A-Rob still sucked. Yeah. It, it's, it's beyond comprehension what happened. Uh, I'm just hoping he gets out of Chicago and everything's fixed. It's but. weird, man. I At one point, I've only traded away Cam Akers twice. And, uh, of course, I, I had like a – people know who were watching us during the summer. I had like a gazillion cam makers. So I was like, once we started hearing positive news about him, I was like, okay, I don't really know if I want to hold like 12 shares. <laughs> um, so anyway, and one trade that I did, which at the time I thought was pretty even value. And I think it's still like kind of even value, but it's just so different. Even is I traded cam makers for Allen Robinson and throw in Elijah Mitchell. <laughs> and of course now it would be Cam Akers for Elijah Mitchell and throw in Allen Robinson. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is just, it's so funny how that goes. But He crushed me in the home league for sure this year. I had high hopes that I had a wide receiver one. Turns out I already did with Cooper Cup. But yeah. uh, Jacob, what was your most crushing, heartbreaking moment of the 2021 season? The Monday night game between the Rams and the 49ers, without a doubt. That is not the Monday nighter I thought you were going to talk about. Which Monday nighter did you think I was going to talk about? Was the Ravens Colts not Monday night? Oh, that one. That one was painful, but I like weirdly. I was weirdly enthusiastic about that game because that was the first game of the season where I was like, okay, I actually think Carson Wentz can be good. Um, and so like, it meant more to me that Carson played really well that night than that the Colts lost. Cause I wasn't really expecting to win anyways. I was expecting to win when they were out 19, but other than that, um, anyway, no, it was the Monday night between the 49ers and the Rams, because at this point, you know, Jimmy G started the year. He started with two and O and then they lost four in a row. Lance got the, the start in that last game, but he ends up getting hurt. And so, there ends up being no controversy. Jimmy G comes back. Lance is out for a couple games. 
Then they lose the game to the Colts. They win against the Bears. That, that's not really impressive. And then they come back and they lose to the Colt McCoy Cardinals. And it just felt like going into that game, it was like, okay, they're going to lose this game. They're going to go three and six. And then we're done with Jimmy. And then I get to watch Lance play for the rest of the season. And like, there was a few teams that have been awesome. He could help save, make a playoff push. And then like, it was over immediately. I mean, Stafford was, was so intent on losing that game from the yes. start. He, he tosses a pick. Uh, on I think the first drive, he tosses a pick six on the second drive, and all of a sudden it's fourteen nothing, and it's like okay, well that's <laughs> that's Staff- that for this one. Staff- and then we have to watch Jimmy here. continue to play all the way up until the championship when Trey Lance <laughs> did succeed as a starting quarterback in a league that I won, and so Trey Lance is a league winner. But <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair uh, for me. For me, Dave, you're not far off. Dave said when uh, Ravens Miami, when Miami blitzed every play, that moment was heartbreaking for me because I knew that they just figured out how to stop them because Greg Roman can't make an adjustment to save his goddamn life. <laughs> yeah. For me, the most the most heartbreaking the most heartbreaking thing for me in fantasy football. Oh man, this is tough, but it was uh, realizing that I needed to trade away my favorite running backs. It's not, there wasn't a game. It wasn't a moment. I guess it kind of was. If I were to quantify it into a player, it was Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara broke my heart this season. He's, Mm -hmm. I I got the sign helmet. It's right there. Okay. Mm -hmm. I watched him win me a title in in 2019. Watching it with you. I had the helmet on drinking a beer through the face mask. The man is one of my favorite players of all time. And this whole season was not just up and down. It was heartbreaking to watch Taysom Hill ruin him and and even Winston ruin him uh, and having to trade him away. And I did trade him away in, the, in my most important league, right? And it was just heartbreaking to me. It was crushing. I, I Honestly, I'm the ty- kind of guy that I watch every game, every snap, every play. I'll openly admit I've barely watched the Saints play this year, it's even on replay. I can't. Watch. It hurt. Uh, I don't know what to do with them for next year, right? It can't get worse, you would think, right? But it, unfortunately, it actually can. Yeah. Uh, everything can get worse. So for me, the most heartbreaking moment was probably around week five, week six, when I realized that I needed to move uh, AK-41. It was it was devastating for me emotionally. I feel you, man. It's, it's hard. Like, everybody obviously has their own favorites, right? And especially all these running backs that have been so great for so long. And if you played fantasy or if you're rooting for a team, you know, they've all brought you such joy in your life, right? I mean, they're awesome players. A lot of them seem like awesome dudes. And it feels like, I mean, the 2017 running back class, one of the best running back class of all time, right? We had Fournette, Cook, McCaffrey, Kamara, Mixon, Eckler, Aaron Jones, mm-hmm. all in one draft class, right? And then you extend that back year to Zeke and Derrick Henry. And, you know, it's – I feel you, man. I mean, we saw this year, right? It's like guys that are from the previous classes, you know, even older. It's like we basically we watched David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley the last couple of years. Their careers, like, literally ended, right? Yeah. And then it's so weird. Like, you're watching, you know, Kamara. It's still good, but you're seeing his – Peter off. You're seeing Zeke Peter off. You're seeing Aaron Jones get played into a timeshare. You're seeing Dalvin continue to get injured more and more. <laughs> um, and it's like, you know, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, guys getting injured or being unproductive. Yeah, it's sad, man. It's like, you you know that, that you, you've seen like what happened with Gurley and Bell and you don't want it to happen to these guys because they're superheroes. 
And obviously they're not at that level yet, but it's like, you know, it's coming and it sucks. Like it, you know, mm-hmm. it sucks to watch some of your favorite dudes. Uh, like I was watching the Sunday nighter and I only have Aaron Jones left. He's one of my favorite running backs ever uh, on one team left. And I, I love the guy. I'm super biased towards him. And I'm like watching him get subbed out for Dylan. And, and I was watching with a buddy and he was just like, you know, this is what you're in for moving forward. Right. It's only more Dylan from here. I was like, Yes, I know it's only more done from here. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> and that's kind of how it feels, right? Yeah. And I know I get it. It's well, if you're like a running back, this is what you get. I understand yeah. that. I played running back. Yeah. Trust me. You don't have to tell me about how the body breaks down. I fucking get it. I totally understand. Um, it just it just sucks. Um, another one here. Obviously, with the negatives comes the positives, right? And this is one we love talking about. What is the moment for you guys that just had you overwhelmed with joy in 2021 uh, this year? I want to start with Billy on this. All right. I, I'm sure there's a better one. Um, <laughs> but there was one when you first said this that came to my mind. And it was Brandon Ayuk climbing out of the doghouse. Oh, yeah. Yes. There, there was this moment earlier on this year where we were like, Brandon Ayuk isn't a wide receiver five. Like that people were ready to just toss him into the trash and be like, Brad. all right, J- Jalen Hurd, Dante Pettis, like the, this is just what we get from Shanahan. This, this is the life. And Debo looks like the greatest wide receiver slash running back that's ever existed. So it's such a such a refreshing moment that all of a sudden week five, Brandon Ayuk was fixed. I don't know what they did. I don't know they what happened. Playing him more. Yeah, well, they started playing him more, <laughs> yes. and apparently he started be- behaving like a pro, if Shanahan's uh, comments right. are to be believed. But such a good moment for a player who I have come around on so much. He was one of my least favorite players in that draft class, and he's now become one of my favorites. And uh, right when that happened, I had just freshly traded for him in the league of record. So, Brad... So, yeah, who, who did you give up? This is probably uh, one of the sadder moments of the year. Yeah, I <laughs> well, we're gonna t- hold it. We're gonna talk about trades after. I, I feel Brad. Uh, okay, then that's definitely gonna be in that trade category. But I feel bad bragging about that. But anyway, uh, such a good. Yeah, you really moment. got the rug pulled out of him. Such a good moment. <laughs> All right, fair. Yeah, that yeah, definitely I like the IU one for sure, Billy. Jacob, your moment in 2021. Yeah, it's actually wild. There's there's so many fun moments that I was 100 percent gonna pick <laughs> Brandon Ayuk's first touchdown. Um uh just like the intense relief that I felt. But uh you know what? No, I will go uh I'll I'll go with a different one. Uh and it was another guy who is in my profile photo. Uh, and definitely my favorite moment was, was my guy, Jonathan Taylor with the 67 yard run versus the Patriots on Saturday night. Uh, I mean, I, from when I was like five years old and started rooting for the Colts, I mean, my Colts were my favorite team. Whoever's playing the Patriots, my second favorite team. Uh, I hate them. (laughs) Um, they're a bunch of terrible people. Their fans are terrible people. And I, I just had, I just had so much fun with it. That game, like we haven't beaten the Colts. We have not beaten the Patriots in 10 years. Okay, and they had not played the Patriots since uh, 2018. Um, And they had not played the Patriots at Indianapolis since I'm pretty sure the the Deflategate revenge game. 
with Cole Anderson right. on the fourth and two, snapping it uh, one on like five. So I was just psyched for that game. Uh, they, they got to have, you know, the game on Saturday night. It was in Indianapolis. It was going to be a big party. I was done exams. So I just decided, I was like, I'm going to fire off as many provocative tweets as I can this morning <laughs> and trigger all the Patriots fans. And you and did. They were so triggered. Um, and I was like, I'm going to blast this game. And it was so much fun for the first half because we were annihilating them. And then Wentz just started becoming entirely helpless. And the Patriots started coming back. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, we're dead. Like, all of my Patriots post-traumatic stress disorder kicked in. I thought there was no chance for winning. <laughs> and, and then Jonathan Taylor made that play. And I was like, my, my like, over-exuberance of joy of watching, like, my fantasy hero and my real-life hero uh, uh, win that game all at once was by far the most excited I've been all year. I was, like, running around my apartment screaming. People thought something was seriously wrong. That game, that moment won me a couple games that week. Uh <laughs> For sure. I, I loved it. Watching him play is unreal. Um, my favorite's also going to be a little Homerish. Uh, look, the uh, Ravens Colts uh, comeback was something to behold, man. I, I don't remember a game more that I put my wife through an emotional roller coaster as much as I was in a, on an emotional roller coaster. I was up and down. I was running on the treadmill because I was freaking out. I was all over Twitter talking about they need to, to, to fire Roman at halftime. They can't come back. Lamar's looks terrible. The offense is shite. It's over. Call the game. They don't deserve to win. And then they got close. And then I said they were going to do this to me. They're going to get then the two point and then just, the overtime, just the whole thing. Patrick Ricard, you know, outscoring Tyreek Hill that week. Just everything <laughs> about it was like it just embodied the Lamar Jackson Ravens experience uh, for the season. And then that just led to, I think, a string of three games or four games in a row where they had to come back from a deficit, right? And they either won it late or they lost on the failed two points. And that was kind of their whole season. And that moment to me just really showed what he, what Lamar Jackson being let out of a cage uh, could could do. Uh, yeah, I ran on this. So, Dave, my my thing uh, with uh, the guy said he ran on the treadmill. My thing was is I was getting so upset with how the Ravens were playing emotionally <laughs> that I was going to throw my phone or run my head through the wall. And I or Aaron was going to leave me. It was going to be one of those two things because she didn't want to hear it anymore. And so I decided that every time Lamar Jackson did something stupid or Greg Roman made a bad call, I'd walk 15 minutes on the treadmill. That walk <laughs> became a run. And I did about an hour and a half that game. And by the end of the game, not only did my legs hurt, but as I was rolling on the ground, throwing stuff uh, because of how the game was going, that uh, it became a staple of my uh football tradition so that will be now how i mentally deal with the anguish that is greg roman is running on the treadmill i lost some weight that game <laughs> there's nothing worse than than uh like when your team just has a terrible coach like i or or gm like there's is there anything worse as a fan than when you know in your heart that your team is just horribly run like oh yeah it's i remember rooting for the Greeks and era colts and it, it like legitimately killed my fandom I was like, I, I was just like, he is such an idiot, and he makes so many dumb decisions. The Kyle I was Bowler like, I just don't bro. understand how to even root for this team. 
because be I just know that he's going to ruin them. Oh, and I have no up, hope. <laughs> Go draft Jordan Love again. Um, for like I I know again I went through Kyle Bowler and then I went through Steve McNair, uh, R.I.P. to the great McNair, mm-hmm. but he was not Air McNair uh, <laughs> in Baltimore, and then it was rookie Joe Flacco. He had one season where you guys went 13 and three and then lost in the divisional round. Yeah. 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 Whatever. Um, and then, you know, we had rookie Flacco, right. Or most of Flacco. I'm just going to call him bracket coverage Flacco because that was his favorite thing to throw into. (laughs) Um, and you know, and now we have Lamar Jackson. We're spoiled at this point, honestly, as, as a Ravens fan base. So I get it. Billy, shut up. I know your team's always good. Yeah. Don't even get me going on that one. Um, look, a couple, a couple more things I want to get into, uh, before we get out of here. Um, what was your most embarrassing moment on the show this year? What is something that you might have said, done, suggested that you feel the most ashamed to have believed in, uh, in 2021? I already talked about mine at the very start of the show with Baker Mayfield. Which of them I put out on the show. (laughs) Jacob's very careful with what he puts out Well, there. I know I said a lot of dumb stuff. I'm just trying to think about which dumb I stuff tough, I tweeted right? and which I discussed. Right. Uh, I mean, by far the most embarrassing was absolutely like the drunk yelling about the ETM pick, but that was embarrassing for a different reason. Um, <laughs> in terms of like actual fantasy advice, uh, that was extremely embarrassing. I'm just going to say like un- under the category of everything that I said about LaVisca Chenault, it's just embarrassing. Um, he, no player has like crushed my will to live more than LaVisca this year for sure. I mean, I I was an all, all day truther going back to university of Colorado and last year, you know, he did just enough to, to keep the hope alive. And then, you know, they, they had this weird draft and I was like almost, almost willing, um, you know, to, to give up the goat on, on Chenault as like a high-end asset. And then this wave of training camp hype, hype took hold. And it was exact, it was like the black tar heroin that I needed to get right back on the train. I mean, it was daily. They were like, LaVisca is the best player in camp. He's making plays. He's moss people, whatever. I was so in. And then he was mediocre for a while. And then I was about ready to give up. And then he has this beautiful game against the Bengals on national TV. And it's like, okay, it's happening. And then it literally nothing happened after that. It just became terrible. Yeah, I, I can't argue with you on that one. Billy, do you want to go well, or do you want me to got go? Overdue I, by Laquan Treadwell. So yeah, I, I already talked about A-Rob. He's kind of the, the biggest one. Um, I got to jump on Curtis Samuel. My, uh, my, my, oh, yeah. My son, sunshine child. <laughs> my sweet summer child that, that, fault, that that's rough that one hurts a lot um groin's fault. The, him and him and a rob are the two biggest like i i just gotta eat crow that and how anti rookie rb i was and Najee harris just put up a rb3 season like yeah that that was my biggest one like i was saying don't take any rookie rbs and redraft and here we are <laughs> Hey, and Javante up until this week was RB like what fourteen in PPR, just the quietest RB fourteen season ever. Um, I don't know if he's been quiet, but that could be that I'm in. That was a well, no, no, Twitter hasn't been quiet. Yeah, his RB (laughs) fourteen season might surprise a lot of people. I guess whatever he is now, probably like seventeen. I I get it, man. It's always tough when you fifteen. Yeah, when you love a player that much, right? Like I'm resisting the urge to 
tilt the use of overall rankings instead of points per game right now. Oh, shut up about your points <laughs> per game. Oh, my God. I don't care. I don't care. Um, for me, the most embarrassing moment was... Um, man, I've had a lot. I've had a lot. There were a lot of moments where I was like, this is definitely going to happen, and it didn't happen. Uh, but I just want to say that I I always say don't trade away your your young studs, right? I, I even made a whole part of the brand about, you know, that that paying for um veteran talent at, at the trade deadline is is a fallacy. It, it's false. And then two days after I did that, I went and did that. Right. I traded Javante Williams and multiple picks for Christian McCaffrey and Leonard Fournette. So for me, my most embarrassing moment on the show is quite literally being a liar in what I say to what I immediately went and could not hold off. Uh, that one you might deem as maybe a cop out. And I know what the, the people may want as my most embarrassing <laughs> Sam Darnold. I'm not giving it to you. I'm not doing it because it wasn't his fault. That's okay. Bring up the Chiron. Christian, Christian McCaffrey, right? He he was, you know, he, he got hurt. They didn't adjust anything. No, it's fine. It's fine. He was a QB1 when all was well and he didn't have an injured shoulder. So it's fine. Uh, he'll be back. They picked up his option. I'm not giving it to you. Mine was be- quite literally showing that I was a fraud. That, to me, was uh, my big embarrassing moment. I'm man enough to admit it, just not man enough to admit about Sam Darnold. It's fine. It's it's all good to me. Uh, look, we're closing in on an hour, right? So the last thing I want to talk about before we get out of here, your expectations for 2022, Right. Uh, obviously it's going to be a long off season. We're going to get bored talking about rookies at some point. We're going to beg and, and scratch and whine and cry for the season to start. And then the whole tilting process starts again. Everyone on Twitter is going to become a bot for a couple of weeks with oh, sell they, X by X. Uh, it's been two days and Twitter's already unbearable. And I mean, I'm spending even more time on like, okay, my, my initial, what I told myself after the playoffs and I was like, all right, time to spend way less time on Twitter. And then I got COVID and I was like, okay, well, what else am I going to do other than be on Twitter, I guess. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's already unbearable. I mean, we're already having the discussion of like weird straw man arguments <laughs> about why is everybody hating on X? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Don't Garrett Wilson at your peril. You know, it's like, yeah, we're, we're already doing this. You uh, have blank too you know, low in your rankings. What? You have blank too low in your rankings. Yeah, it's, it's you know, don't be caught fading Rashad White. So we're, it's going to be a total yeah. nightmare. Um, yeah. And and it's going to be awesome. It'll be our nightmare. I mean, it's, it's pretty much a lot of what we're going to talk about when we return uh, from February and March through April. It's going to be a lot about the draft, a lot about rookie draft, but you know, we'll, we'll come up with some creative stuff. I mean, I think we've all been doing some thinking and we have these great debates all the time in our, our league chat about different strategies that we use and where we disagree. And, and I mean, I think a lot of that stuff's more interesting to talk about live than uh, you know, some of the same cold microwave takes, whatever of, of rookies. And so we'll yeah. do, all, we'll do our big rookie countdown. Uh, We'll get into some fun discussions and we want to hear from you folks, man. I mean, if you, if you guys reach out and you say, Hey, I would really love to hear the full tilt dynasty podcast, talk about X topic. 
uh, I'm pretty sure we'll find a way to talk about it. So, oh, yeah, you know we will. Like, I spend most of my week trying to figure out what we're going to go through while these guys are off gallivanting, doing uh, whatever they need to do for the week with school and education. And, you know, I have no responsibilities. So, that's my job here. Uh, <laughs> I have no responsibilities and adult money. So, good luck trying to stop me but um you're right if, if you reach out we're 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 people we're people for the people right we'll, we'll definitely get to it it's 100 percent uh billy what what expectations do you have for 2022 i think it's gonna be a good year i i'm gonna give it that i i think that's what we're looking forward to the last two years have been crazy in fantasy like last year, two of the best players in the league went down in week two. That this year we've had some of the craziest situations with COVID, players moving in and out. Like I, I'm hoping by August this year, everything maybe not be back to normal. I doubt any everything's back to normal. There's gonna be no such thing. But but just mellowed. Like the league is already loosening up a little bit on COVID restrictions, which yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't want to talk about that, but yeah. it, it feels like we're moving away from, you know, you get COVID, you're out two weeks. Like we're, it feels like we're just not doing that anymore, which may not be the right idea. May, feels like may what we're the doing right is, idea. I don't have any symptoms. Yeah. 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 So uh, again, <laughs> I'm not going to talk about that yeah. politics, whatever. Um, but it feels like we're getting a little bit closer towards fantasy just being fantasy again. Mm -hmm. And hopefully that means things like common injuries, which may have been due to people not being able to condition as much or anything like that. Hopefully that mellows itself down. I, I just think 2022 is going to be more of what we hoped this year was going to be. Because mm -hmm. right. remember in July – everything was calming down a little bit. We're like, yeah, all right, it's all going to be fixed. And it looked like for this first couple of weeks, it was going to be. And then all of a sudden, like the last week 10 on everything went to hell. So I, I think 2022 is going to be what we're hoping for. And I'm usually a pessimist. So yeah, <laughs> this is a big step That's up awesome. for Billy. Also uh, big, big call. Devonte Adams is not going to be a Packer. Is that all? I've already said to get a franchise Packer, I assume. That I think Rogers is going to stick around. Wait, you think Rogers would stick around, but Adams wouldn't? Uh, so I, I've been trying to do math right now. Rod, so the newest report is that Rogers is might is likely to be a Packer again. It seems like that situation has resolved itself, thankfully. But I'm really scared about our ability to continue to pay Devontae Adams how he wants to be because he wants to be paid as the best wide receiver in the league. Oh, he, he wants $20, 22000000 million a year probably. Yes, which uh, I don't know how I feel about that with us already paying Aaron Jones, but whatever. And Jordan but, Love's first-round rookie contract? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jones is, is, free, is, is freely cuttable after this year, though. Yeah, and that's, that, that's also a good point. But it's I, I'm just not sure Devontae Adams we have the ability to bring back both Rogers and Adams. So I don't know where I, I think there's a real chance Adams is going somewhere interesting this off season. Wow. That Man, be that's fun. a huge call. Okay. We'll pin it. Right. 
Uh, look, my view on my. View I don't on... want it to happen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you'll cry. They already don't. I don't want to watch Rogers without Adams. Watching Rogers with the ball to Adams is one of the most purely enjoyable experiences insane. of my life. I'd like it to happen so Lindsay can stop running the train on me in uh, Frozen Tundra because having to deal with uh, Adams on Sunday Night Football is probably the most annoying and irritating <laughs> thing that I've ever... Any island game where you are playing against Adams is the most frustrating thing because you're like, guys, he only wants to throw to one person. Just put four people there. That's the Packers run do. so many plays for Adams that, that are that I feel like only the Packers run. Like it's their annoying. offense is very unique. Like they do this play all the time with Adams. I feel like they do it five times a game where basically they line him up in the slot and they'll have like trips formation and he'll just run this little leak out route. And the other two wide receivers are basically just blockers. And it's pretty much just a run play to Adams. Yeah. And then it's like, if they can seal it off, he gets around the edge. Sometimes it's a big play. And oftentimes it's just like a five yard catch. And it's the worst when you're playing against Adams because yeah. It's basically just five running plays, and he gets them all the time. And it's like eight PPR fights. Yeah. Yo, the the back the the run up the field back shoulder fade on one on one coverage yeah, is the most it's, agitating play. It's so enjoyable. It's to free watch, twenty though. yards. Oh my it's God. twenty yards anytime they want it. I'm like, guys, just cover that one. Fight. Stop <laughs> running and cover that. But how one do you cover it? I mean, Rodgers yeah, goes to a spot. They have like a telepathic connection. That's the you thing. Know, you watch it, and you watch a quarterback do everything he's supposed to do. And there's just nothing you can do against that play. It's yeah. the like, exact opposite it's, of Ben throwing a back shoulder fade to Claypool. Yeah. Like, it's <laughs> it's such a good – anyway, I, I can judge about the Packers for the next six hours. So, <laughs> My thoughts on 2022 are going to be, I think, fairly simple. I think 2021 is the worst we're going to see NFL football be played hmm. for the next little while. The salary cap is going back up. Teams are going to make some big splashy moves. There's going to be more Kenny Galladay signings than than not. I I really believe this draft class is going to get, you know, really propped up and I think it'll disappoint to where people's expectations might be, but I also think that for the most part on the bird app anyway, it's going to exceed expectations and I love that. One thing that I I said this entire time is that all I'm hearing is that this draft class sucks. This draft class sucks. And now People are like, I, I like this draft class. I can't wait to look at this draft class because this happens every year. This mm-hmm. is what I said. So I'm happy that it's happening. But I think 2021, week 10, right? Week 16 was the worst football I've seen played mm-hmm. since Kyle Bowler was on the field. It was really bad. Uh, and I never want to see it again. I think 2021 helped the NFL figure out how to not only bend the rules on COVID, right? But how to beat the rules on COVID, regardless of player safety. So I think in 2022, I think the quality of football, I, I really think will increase. And I think 2021 was really hurt by how many absolute stars got mm. knocked out in the preseason and early in the year. I mean, look at Derrick Henry after week, what week eight, he's still a top six, like, seven. Yes. Top six yeah. rusher. Right. Like it's insane. So I think 2022 will resemble more of 2020 than 2021. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something we can all be happy about. I know or, they just banned the cover two shell. Oh my god! <laughs> I can't wait in the off season to break down the most annoying, like not just narratives but things that happen. So the Miami all blitz thing working really drove me nuts uh, against like 
a lot of teams. Yeah, there's just there's worked. some legitimate like Madden level defensive strategies that were successful this year. Yeah, and right? I cannot Miami wait to talk was about basically it. the Madden player that ran engage, engage eight, eight on every single oh play. Oh my god! Yeah, and then uh, like all these other teams, basically every team that played the Chiefs for about two months just ran like cover two for like and it wasn't just against the chiefs right like that defense started popping up all over the place it was really crazy it was like the rise of the running back in the screen pass for most teams it was a really weird fantasy season and i I said before that there's no season i ever remember using other resources like snap percentage and route numbers and depth of target and all these extra analytics that i normally would just ask you when i need an answer because i don't i don't rely on it i had to rely on it this year it's not exactly unfair to say that that could be a reason i didn't win a single fucking championship this year and i finished second in a lot of places but that's neither here nor there that's the heartbreak of fantasy football guys what a 2021 season this show was necessary we needed to get it out final thoughts on 2021 and and what we're what we're looking to do in 2022, Billy? Yeah, I think at least for me, and this may be the case for a lot of people, a lot of my offseason takes, it felt like I didn't have any that were lukewarm. It felt like I absolutely nailed them or it was super wrong. So I'm looking forward to looking into my process and seeing what exactly went wrong in a lot of those wrong ones. Cause I felt like mm. I killed it on a lot of a lot of plays and was extremely wrong on a lot of other ones. Yep. I definitely feel that. Uh, Jacob. It's a fun year, man. I mean, we grew a ton as a podcast this time last year. We basically didn't even have a podcast. We, we were, I mean, we had a a podcast that we released in audio form only that was mostly listened to by people in our fantasy league. And all of a sudden, you know, we've grown to a YouTube show with a podcast download with we've had up to five different shows on our network with other people coming in, helping us out. Um, I mean, we've all gotten uh, opportunities to work with different fantasy companies in the industry and build new fantasy companies in the industry. And, you know, none of that would be possible without, without uh, all of you guys and, and Maddie and Tom Lee back in the Slack. And, and most of all, the people watching the show, man. I mean, people that come out and watch us, that hit us up on Twitter, ask us for advice and everything like that. Uh, you know, that's stuff that makes my day. Uh, more than more than any championship uh so appreciate that and can't wait to just keep grinding harder bigger next year it'll be awesome yeah 2022 was wild i learned so many things or 2021 uh was so wild i learned so many things about what not to do what to do when to put like how to push too hard which i did tried to do too many things at once but I mean, at the end of the day, like you said, we grew to five shows and we will have five shows next year at, at times, right? We added the midweek tilt, which has been amazing with John. Uh, just fun to just rant and bitch <laughs> and cry about so many things. It's been great. And, you know, the DFS show was new this year. That was really good. We learned some things. We're going to come back bigger and better. The graphics are always going to improve, right? Our production Mm -hmm. quality, which we get comments on all the time, is only going to go up. We're going to have a schedule, which is going to be nice, right? It's going to be great. Uh, Having a schedule that's, you know, really works with all these things and just growing, right? Like like Jacob said, this started as a gimmick. And it's become a a regular part of our lives. And to have people that regularly download it, that keep coming back and asking us when we do miss a show, what's going on is truly amazing. And 
obviously if you miss at the beginning of the show at the end of the show i will go over the the giveaways and stuff but uh moving to big giveaways like that and and doing charity stuff now it's it's really becoming a real thing and it again we couldn't do it without everyone else so my my last take on 2021 is though it sucked a lot of times right we always had this and and that's for that sure. meant a lot absolutely um, look, if you missed the beginning of the show, two giveaways when we come back on January 28th, we will tell you how to get in on the countdown that is a Saquon Barkley signed Penn State jersey. That is a giveaway. It does not matter if you are in the US, Canada, UK. Not when he was still good, guys. So exactly. I know. Sell Saquon. Um, I actually believe that, but we'll get into that when we come back. Um, but the other thing too yeah, is there will be team. please God, please God trade Saquon. Please for the, there will be a full tilt dynasty podcast redraft invitational. It'll be 12 yeah. leagues made of 12 teams per league. Uh, the, the half the pot will go to a charity of your choice or for whoever wins. And the rest will go to the winner of that league. Winner of each league gets in. That's 12 contestants. will get in on a week 18 draw for a signed full sized, NFL helmet of whom I will announce later. Big things. Couldn't do it without everyone here. My two my two mates on the show, the other two back in the Slack, that's Maddie and Tom Lee. Uh, just getting it all done. And like I always like to say, if you enjoyed what you heard on the show today, well, you gotta let us know. If you didn't like what you heard on the show today, well, you definitely got us know. If you think that there's a guest that would work well with me and the crew here on this year's show, you let us know. We're gonna try our best to get it done. As I mentioned earlier, we had Cody Carpentier, we had the Podfather himself, we had we had Drew. DFB encounter. Look, we 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 got our guys. So you let us know. We're gonna reach out. We're gonna try to make that happen. We've got the we got giveaways, we've got big tournaments, we've got charity, we've got everything that you can possibly want out of a podcast, and we're we're bringing it to you. Uh, kicking off January 28th. Look, as I always like to mention, the clear eyes, full hearts can absolutely never lose, and that your best days are definitely spent tilting. We'll see you guys January 28th. Good night, everybody. See you soon. Take care, y'all. Take care. I'm nice right now, man. I I feel good. If you have a drink, would you please put it in the air?